Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And my name is Greg Tuttle, and I'm just happy to be here today. <laughs> yes, aren't we all? <laughs> we're happy you're here, Greg. Thank and you, Charlie. We're so happy that you all are here back with us for this week of gospel discussion and reflection for this upcoming Sunday, proper 25 in your C, which is October 3rd in the year 2022. Greg, welcome to the show. Thanks, You've been David. here before in I this have. very room. I have been here in this very room. I've also been and on you... Zoom. I've oh. been... Uh, Big fan of the show for a long, long time, go. and been happy to be a part of it too. My memory of you is that you sang a song for your point from a from a Broadway show. We'll we'll pull it from our from our <laughs> archives, yes. okay, and highlight it. And then it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. That level of funk, and then he has this explosive. You are the light of the world. Thank you for remembering um, that. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for singing. Um, as we always like to do with our guests, we'd also love to hear about your ministry context. So would you just update everybody on what you're doing? I will. Thank you very much. Um, my ministry context right now, I wear a couple different hats, and right now I'm excited to have the hat um, to talk about the Good News Festival. I'm going to be the John the Baptizer for the Good News Festival right now, because <laughs> that's going to be an incredible experience here in San Diego. Um, the weekend of December 9th and 10th. And it's an extraordinary event. It's free. It's a free event. Like when, in one of those, no kidding, you walk around and you say, have somebody and say, here's free ice cream, but really what's the catch? Uh, siblings, there's no catch. This event is three years in the making with workshops. There's a high school student track. There's a main stage event, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But I want to talk a little bit more about the workshops. And more specifically, you know, they're more master classes than anything. These are given by people who are experts in their field from across the planet. And each of them could be an event in and of itself. And they are just incredible things. Um, we're going to have master classes, and it, for, ranging from exploring faith and what is a faithful response to affordable housing with national experts, um, city council members. As we record this on Indigenous Peoples Day, we can continue to acknowledge what the unceded lands of the Kumeyaay people are and all the First Nations exist that are around the world. And what is it that our response can be as faithful people? Another one of the master classes is going to be creative ministry uh, with migrants traveling from Central America to the United States from bishops along those routes, which is an incredible experience. And I look forward to hearing about that. Evangelism in the 21st century from a woman who is the senior advisor to the presiding bishop. These are world-class leaders, and I'm excited to be a part of that. And I'm telling you, because one of these things that is so excited about it is because these different workshop leaders I've been asking how strictly they have to stick to the time because they're excited to get to the start time of the next one. Mm. They want to be a part of this because this is an, a big, it's our local event. We're excited about it, but it's an international gathering of people who will really define the next season of ministry around the church and specifically here in San Diego. In a little bit, we're going to talk about humility and reviewing the today's parable. We're going to get to that in a little bit because I'm big fan of the show, and I like listening and figuring out what's going to happen next, but also not to mention the two best preachers in Christendom. You have a global champion for civil rights, Dr. William Barber, who's one of the co-founders of the Poor People's Campaign, and Michael Curry, 
um, our presiding bishop, who's headlining Saturday night's main stage event. This is an extraordinary thing. And I encourage you, if you're listening, to be a part of the social media process that's going to happen, that's being publicized, that's being shared, that's, and share it with your friends to this free event. And it's an extraordinary thing at the brand new swanky Town and Country Hotel in Mission Valley. It's going to be an incredible event. And like I said, we'll probably define the next 20 years of ministry in the church, um, definitely here in San Diego. And you're invited, so reserve your seat at uh, thegoodnewsfestival.com. Oh, thegoodnewsfestival.com. Thegoodnewsfestival.com. Wow. The one and only. <laughs> all right, well, that is exciting, and so so fun to hear about uh, all those different opportunities coming up in December. And we also would love to hear, Greg, um, thinking about this, now we've thought about the future, thinking about these last few weeks or so, in your own life, maybe in your ministry context or otherwise, uh, where did you see or feel God's movement in your life? Thank you for asking. Um, I had the great pleasure of seeing one of my favorite bands at the Hollywood Bowl over the weekend. Um, these are tickets that were purchased in February of 2020, and mm-hmm. the Unity Tour of New Order, Pet Shop Boys, and Paul Oakenfold were put together and put over and over and over and rescheduled and rescheduled until last weekend. And it was an incredible thing to see people absolutely lose their mind mm-hmm. in joy when each of these bands play the incredible songs that have been cornerstones of my life and with people that whom I have loved for all those years, we stood outside Tower Records and waited for the release of these things at midnight. And here we were together years later enjoying the music. It was an incredible experience. And when you have the immeasurable joy of 20,000 people absolutely going bonkers over a song and... I'm a firm believer that joy is of love and love is of God. And it's nice to be able to measure decibels. You can see how loud things are. You can know how much electricity is being done for the lights, but you cannot measure joy. And it's one of those great mysteries that you can't know, you can't be a part of, but you can absolutely know when it's happening. Mm -hmm. And it's a great, great, great experience. So I saw God in the Hollywood Bowl. And that's epic a <laughs> on stage, <laughs> right? So fun, that's awesome. Thank you, Greg. Um, and we would always love to hear from any and all of you. You would, you can send us your God sighting. Share maybe your ministry context with us. We'd love to hear what you're doing out in the world. You can also send us any questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection. You can email us. You can call us and leave a voice message. You can text us. You can get in contact with us through the website, myfaithtogo.org, where you can also find all those Faith to Go resources every week. And you can also get in touch with us, follow us, uh, tag us on Instagram, and you can find all those ways of getting in contact with us listed with links in the description for this podcast episode. And now we're going to move on to our gospel discussion for this upcoming Sunday, Proper 25 in Year C, again, for October 23rd. Charlotte is going to read the gospel, and then I'll share some context, and we'll each have a point to share with you. The gospel for this Sunday is Luke 18, 9 to 14. Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, 
God be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. All right. Thank you, Charlotte. Um, here we are, everybody, in the middle of chapter 18 in Luke's gospel. We just heard the very first eight verses of chapter 18 last week with the parable of the very perseverant widow and the unjust judge. And then the very next thing that happens is, is this parable. So Jesus is following up one parable with another, and uh, this, is, this is 9 to 14. So these are the next five verses uh, in Luke 18. Next week, we're going to jump to uh, the very end of Luke uh, 18, and then we'll be into Jerusalem pretty soon as we finish up um, Ordinary Time. We probably won't hear the story of Jesus' triumphal entry, but just so, just so you know, it's like one chapter away. We're so close. <laughs> Almost it's right there. there. We're so close. We've had such a journey through Luke's gospel, you know, and it's, it feels like Jesus has... I mean, geez, it, this, it must have taken so long to get from Galilee to Jerusalem because we've been hearing about it for many, many months now. <laughs> um, but it probably was a pretty long journey. So anyway, that's where we are. We're right after last week's reading. And Greg has the first point. So take it away, Greg. Thank you, David. I'm excited to talk about humility, um, especially after such an incredible weekend um, to see some of these global superstars of synth pop um, being on stage and so grateful for the work that they do. Um, it would be very, very easy, and I bet it would take about two nanoseconds to be not humble mm -hmm. in a space where 20,000 people have come to see you be you. Um, but an overarching thread of the entire concert, and they played again on Saturday because they sold out Friday, um, is to have that level of humility and that level of gratitude to be able to say that it's not them. They're happy to be there, absolutely. They were grateful for the, for the people that they shared the stage with. But most of the thing had to do with being humble. And we think of uh, humility often, and humble isn't something that we are really accustomed to nowadays. We have false humility all the live long day. Um, but being able to defer that glory, uh, as is well done, especially in, uh, in the reading from Timothy today, which is also part of our lectionary cycle, that Timothy really goes on and is exhausted in his ministry. He has this great line about it, that he has fought the good fight, he has finished the race, he has kept the faith, and he is totally exhausted in his life and ministry, and God's not done with him yet. Um, after some rest, Timothy continues to do some incredible work. And... At the end of that passage, to him, referring to God, uh, be all glory forever and ever. And we get a little bit of that in the gospel today, that humility that exists from one character in the parable to another character in the parable. And if you can have that, and if you can find that, and if you can recognize that what it is that you are a part of is not yourself, and to defer that glory is an extraordinary thing. And I love getting that lesson and being reminded of that, especially in the times in which we live. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love that idea of deferring glory. That's mm. a very nice term. I like that. Charlotte, you got the next point. I do. I do. And I want to talk about what happens kind of here at the beginning of it. And particularly the Pharisee's behavior. Because the Pharisee, he is trying to do the right thing in his life. I actually think that his intentions at the beginning are probably sound, that he comes into this in a place of wanting to be righteous. 
um, of wanting to do the correct thing. He gives, he says right here, I give a tenth of all my income. I fast twice a week. He's in there praying. And so it's not a question of what he's doing, but how he is doing it. It is the choice that he has made that has taken him from righteousness to being self-righteous because he thinks that he has, or we think that he thinks, right? I don't get to be in the Pharisee's brain. But it appears um, as though he thinks that he is morally superior. And not only does he think that he is morally superior, but he needs to tell everybody. (laughs) I love this list of people that he has. He says, um, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, (laughs) thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even this tax collector. And so I can just envision in this space that he is looking around and he is, you know, pointing to people, thieves and rogues, whatever it is that he has seen amongst these people here on whom he has passed judgment. And he's like, I am not like them. I do all of these right things and I am following you and, you know, gold star, pat on the back, all of those things. This is who I am. And I was thinking about it from the standpoint of It's a really easy place for us all to slip into, particularly when we look at the world around us and sometimes we can see all of the ways in which it is a hot mess um, and we can see everything that has gone awry. And sometimes we can see that people have had good intentions and that they have been corrupted um, or that they have made mistakes if we're gentler about it. And there is always that temptation to point our finger and wag it at someone else. And particularly, I think, in our world environment that we're living in right now, as we head towards November, as we march there, um, that there is a consideration of all of the ways in which we are right and somebody else is wrong, um, and that we want to name them as other. And that is exactly the behavior that we see from the Pharisee in this, because the Pharisee's behaviors, as far as what he is doing physically in his life are not incorrect. It is in his proclamation of himself as morally superior and in his othering of, 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 othering of others um, that we find the challenge in this. And it's a slippery slope for all of us, something that I can see in myself on the days on which I'm willing to look inside, um, which is not every day, but that there is always that propensity of wanting to do the right thing. I think especially as Christians that we really want to follow Jesus and we want to make good choices and we want to make sure that we are saying and doing and living a righteous life, that we are working for justice and peace. And yet sometimes the way we go about it is counter to the work that we are trying to do. And it's so hard to pause when we are doing that Mm -hmm. and to take stock and make a different choice. And I was thinking about that in this because I can just see Jesus as he's delivering this parable and how he gets later um, into this parable. And he says, for all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. And it's that reminder from Jesus that it's not always the what, but the how. Mm -hmm. And that in our choices of how we do the things, that we are choosing what our outcome and our path will be for ourselves and for others. Because also when we are exalting ourselves that way, we are also shaming 
other people. Can you imagine being in that room as the Pharisee is there, you know, beating on his chest and saying that, you know, there are thieves, rogues, adulterers, and tax collectors there? Um, it's a parable, but ooh, I can see that room, and it is not a room that I want to be part of because I imagine that I would be sitting in the corner probably looking down and trying to pretend that I am somewhere else instead of in this space. And it's easy for me to put myself in that space of being someone who is being othered, who is being shamed. But I also think that there is an invitation in each of our lives to think about where our behavior has taken us from righteous to self-righteous. I am um, thinking about Greg's point and your point and the the thing about humility and like how the the like root the root word of of humility is the same as the as humus like humanity and ground and earth and it's like to be humble is to be a human and when you're essentially what the pharisee is doing is not recognizing his own humanity so he's really othering himself from humanity which yeah. is not what, really what you want but it's really easy to do uh and i think like i'm thinking about this in like the the context of all these parables in Luke that Jesus has told. Because if we think back over this nice long journey that we've taken with Jesus and think about all the stories he's told, like all the way back to, you know, in the, in the like early parts of July, we were talking about, we heard him sit, talk about the, um, the rich man, the, the, was it the rich fool, the guy who tear, who has the, the huge harvest and tears down his barns, mm -hmm. you know, and dies because and we kind of were interpreting that thinking like this is a person this is like what you get for believing that you can like live independently of community of other people you know i have everything i need so i'm just gonna hunker down and isolate myself from the world and then i'll be okay you know and then they die and they're disconnected from reality and life and then we hear about the rich man and lazarus a few weeks ago the this idea that like this wealthy person had everything they needed and didn't need to connect with this poor person that needed things you know and then their realities are really like flipped when they both die and you recognize that there's this gulf between the wealthy man and his people you know in like the bosom of Abraham and Lazarus being there and then the uh unright unjust judge last week right and this like this person that is like so disconnected from their own humanity that they say multiple times that they don't have any fear of god or respect for other people and like and how that is jesus is kind of and then jesus kind of undermines that whole story by saying like well i find well will the son of man find faith you know on earth you know, is it possible for there to be that faith somehow is, is dependent on this connection we have to one another and our interdependence to one another? And the story right after this, which we're not going to hear, I don't think, um, in this uh, this ordinary time of year C, is the, the rich young man that comes to Jesus and is like, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus is like, do these actions. And the guy's like, well, I've done all those things. And he's like, okay, well, then sell everything and give everything to the poor. And so Jesus is really hitting hitting on these wealthy powerful people. You know, like all the all the stories I just thought back to are all about like people who have incredible wealth and incredible power and that's that's true in this one too because the Pharisees in this religious context have an incredible amount of power over people. 
Especially, and, and Jesus is showing, like, there's a lot of ways to have power. One is to be wealthy and believe that you've got enough power among, within yourself to do whatever you want, take care of yourself. Another one is the judge, the unjust judge, who has this kind of decision-making power over people's lives and fates to dole out justice as they see fit, to protect people as they see fit. And then we've got the, this Pharisee who has, like, this incredible spiritual and moral power over people to tell people that they're bad, that they're doing something wrong. And that's all so tied up in, in the fact that this is like a, rep, a person representative of God and God's love in the world. And if this person representing God is judging people and telling them how terrible they are and how glad they are to be not like them, then what does that say? What is that communicating to this you know, tax collector about who God is and what God thinks about them? So I'm just, I'm struck by all these powerful people, all these different ways of wielding power. But the common thread, I think, through all of them is the way that power, in whatever form it manifests, disconnects people from one another. And I think that's like the thing that Jesus is highlighting so strongly, is that like, the, just, I think it's just a real, a real like call to people with with power to to be on the lookout for themselves for their life and how painful it is to be disconnected from others to believe that you are superior to believe that you don't need other people to to live to survive to thrive and and just the the pain that we see especially in that that rich man and Lazarus story of what it feels like to be disconnected you know that you can have everything you need and just be totally in hell essentially um because you're disconnected from from the world and reality and so i i love that jesus is like is getting down to like something really central to his community because this this person is like really bringing it home to this Jewish community. Like this is your religious leader. And like this person, they're wielding their power in a way that is disconnecting them from people. And they're like, main, and I think to Jesus, like the whole point of a religion is to connect people to one another and to God. And so like you said, this person is saying, well, I do all these right behaviors, so I must be awesome. Yes, you are. And Jesus' point is you can do all the right behaviors and still be really terrible. <laughs> still be totally disconnected from your humanity. And when you're disconnected from your hum humanity, you're disconnected to humans. And the way, and I, I love the kind of the undercurrent of that, which is like to be connected to your, your humanity is to recognize the way that you are hurting, both hurting yourself, hurting other people, being hurt, you know, there's like so much language we've also heard about like repenting and forgiving. And it's like, it's supposed to be all this like whole ecosystem of human connection that like Jesus is identifying all the pitfalls to our connection to one another, to our thriving in life. And that like our thriving is more than just our ability to be physically and morally superior and comfortable it requires connection to other people and that requires us to be honest about what's going on within us why we're doing things and what is what in the ways that we're affecting the world and other people and so i just i appreciate jesus saying that because like i think if you look at this whole like block you know he's like hitting this so hard he's hitting the thing about the behaviors thing so hard 
thinking back to all those all those times where he healed somebody on the Sabbath and was just like, if you're only if we're only focusing on actions, then we're totally missing the whole point of being here, which is to be humans, not to do all these right behaviors, you know. And so, just highlighting all the things that get. It's highlighting all the things that we in our kind of like egoic human brains make as the priority, which is accumulating wealth and power and doing all the right things. And Jesus is saying all those things that you think are the point are actually the thing that's getting in the way of you getting to the point, which is one another and yourself and God. Well, what I was going to chime in on, on your thoughts on this parable, is that Jesus actually says that over and over again to all of us. So we've had this wonderful teaching block to highlight and illustrate it in specificity. However, in simplicity, Jesus constantly says, love God, love your neighbor. And we hear it over and over again. And I love that, you know, Jesus is determined and he'll come at it from every angle imaginable for us to say, like, please learn this. But also when it gets right down to it, if we just go back and read that piece, I think just about any question that we have about what it means to follow Jesus can be answered there. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And over and over we get that idea that there's still room for growth. There's still room. You, David, you mentioned awesome. There's, there's, there's a path to awesome and you can be there. Charlotte, you talked about being in the room and witnessing this thing that was happening. And we've all been in that room. Um, and wouldn't it be nice to be able to guide that? And Jesus offers that over and over and over again. Love God. Love your neighbor. And in all these ways, trying to give us, he's trying to give us an end to seeing ourselves as the powerful person and recognizing in ourselves the way that we're using our power to be disconnected and to hurt people. And it can be really subtle. And the, the best thing about this one is that it's in this like religious context where where this person is doing all the things that everyone thinks you're supposed to do and is still not getting it, you know? So, and, and, I, and this is just a part of being human, you know? Like, we get obsessed with right behavior no and way. purity so, so much. And it's so painful because we just are missing the point over and over and over and over again. So, I think Jesus feels that pain just as a human, you know? So... Those are our three points. Uh, point number one was uh, Greg's about that humility. And what was it? De- deferring glory? Nicely love, done. Love that. Um, number two was uh, Charlotte's. And it was about how we're doing what we're doing, not just what we're doing. Highlighted here in this, in this story. And mine was about how power in all its forms uh, can disconnect us. Even when we think we're doing all the right behaviors, you know, we can be disconnected from ourselves and one another and how important it is to recognize our humanity to be connected to other humans. So having heard those three points, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, You can get in contact with us and share what your point would have been if you were on the podcast, your uh, ministry context, where you saw God this week, any of your stories or reflections or comments from this week of faith discussion and reflection on this gospel. You can find all those ways of getting in contact contact with us listed in the description for this podcast episode. Thank you, Greg, for being here. David, Again. thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about Proper 26 in Year C for October 30th. Wild. Wild. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.